there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career double-shot K-Cup with my guest, Alex Counts. How did you go about starting the Grameen Foundation in the U.S. And why did you think there was a need for a Grameen Foundation? Well, I had tried to, I mean, I I wish I could say it was some master plan that came through a very rigorous process, but it's more random than that, as life often is. When I was there for that second stint, I helped try to raise some money for this organization called Grameen Trust, which was set up by Professor Yunus to be the international arm of Grameen. And what we learned is, is that when we raised some money, I, I raised a $2 million grant from the U.S. government, or at least was part of a team that did that, I should say, but had the initial meetings with USAID. But it turned out that in general, if you wanted to raise money in, let's say, the United States, which is a very you know, philanthropically oriented and a lot of sympathy and, and affinity for Grameen's approach, you really needed to be here. People wanted to help Grameen get going in Ghana to send money to Bangladesh to go to Ghana, where at that point, especially people didn't look to Bangladesh as a place that could have capabilities that we in the U.S. didn't have, even though that was true. So we just if you wanted to serious mobilize the goodwill of people in the U.S. to support Grameen growing internationally, you need to have a presence here. You needed to have a nonprofit registered with the IRS, but you needed a team here that could serve as that liaison. And so I think Professor Yunus had that insight around the same time I did. The citizens' kind of movement to back microcredit was growing. And so after a big conference that was a huge success, he said, okay, this is our time to set up a little liaison office, Beachhead in the U.S., and, and I want you to run it. And while I felt totally underprepared in so many ways, of course, I jumped at it and was able to slowly build it to be a you know, respectable organization that I think advanced the Grameen ideals and techniques on a global basis and gave people here who wanted to be part of that and a way to do it that was easy and and enjoyable and uh, satisfying. Let's rewind the clock just a teeny bit because Mm -hmm. to go from the tiny seed grant that you got from Dr. Eunice of $6,000 and grow it into the massive oak tree that it really has become, there's a obviously a lot of learning in between. How did you do it? Well, I would say I did it through just trying a lot of things, making a lot of mistakes, fortunately, none of them fatal, learning from those mistakes and surrounding myself with mentors and working very, very hard. I mean, I, I talk about you know, the, the, some of the middle chapters in my book, Changing the World Without Losing Your Mind. One of the chapters titled Running My Own Show I didn't know what I didn't know about running a nonprofit, but I just did everything I could. I make the joke, which is true, that if I go to the bathroom 
you know, I wouldn't walk. I would kind of jog back to my desk because I would shave off a few seconds that I could be spent working because especially with my limited skills at the time, just the putting in long hours was a way to move things forward despite my own limitations. And one of the ways I wrote that book is I, I write about all the things that I ultimately learned about building a nonprofit, but that I wish I would have learned earlier. But I got enough things right. I had people starting to look out for me and cover for me when I made mistakes and celebrate with me when I did things right. So yeah, so we barely raised $100,000 that first year. And then we grew it ultimately to be about a $20, $25 million organization. And I'd say the biggest single insight how to grow it, I mean, attract really good people, but also I just learned to embrace fundraising, not as a necessary evil, but as a really just fun way to develop partnerships with people that allow you and them to implement your things that excite you to do things that excite you about improving society. And so learning to love fundraising, learning how to attract and motivate idealistic, talented people. I just got a little better at that every year. And that just starts to create a virtuous cycle. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.